<laughs> Khalil got eaten by the flamingos or something. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Reactive. Uh, my name is Henning Glattergutz and I'm here with Raquel Velez. Hi! Hello, hello. Uh, unfortunately, we're missing Khalil again. Yeah, well, so apparently his flamingos have started teething, which doesn't make any sense because I don't think flamingos have teeth. So I think what actually happened that Khalil does not want to share with everyone, but I'm going to share it anyway, um, is that a fleet of poison dart frogs have taken over his house. Um, and so I think that's what's happening. Um, that's a pretty creepy situation. Yeah. Especially with yeah. a baby crawling so. around. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Well, so here's the interesting thing, though, that like, so poison dart frogs apparently get their toxicity from some of the insects that they eat. So like the insects feed on plants that have toxins and then the frogs eat the insects and then the toxins build up within the frog. Oh, wow. So it's like this whole predator, con they basically all the bad stuff concentrates in the predator, yeah. but it's yeah. kind of useful to the, this particular one. Interesting. Right. Wow. Right. Exactly. And then here's another interesting thing. The only natural predator of the, of most of the poison dart frog family, because apparently there's more than one kind, is the fire-bellied snake, which has developed a resistance to the frog's poison. <laughs> so, Dang. sorry, Khalil, but, um, you know... You have to get some snakes uh, in your house. You have to get some snakes. <laughs> but, I, oh, okay, so, but here's, here's something I didn't know. worse. <laughs> there are over 175 species of poison dart frogs. Wow. And I think the ones that I'm thinking of, they're actually like really beautiful. They're they have these yeah, no, no, they're awesome absolutely colors. gorgeous. They have yeah. these really beautiful colors, yeah. um, but they're really small. Yes, they're apparently most are not really bigger than a paperclip, mm -hmm. which is. But you know, I read paperclip and I'm like, but there are two different sizes of paperclips, at least from <laughs> my perspective, right? It's like there's the, like the little ones. It's the medium ones, I think. And there's like the really like, okay. So it's like, like it's like your average paperclip, which. Yeah. Um, for our newer, younger listeners, um, a paperclip is a piece of metal <laughs> that is twisted right. um, in a way that you can hold pages of paper together uh, in a non-permanent way. So uh, there is this other um, tool called a staple, which is a little bit more permanent because it actually punctures the paper. And for the record, paper is a um, it's a it's, it's a, a leaf. Uh, manufactured from wood pulp that then uh, our, our ancient ancestors would use uh, ink to write on top of and then you could carry messages around without electricity yep. so in case you were wondering um, what a pretty a nifty invention like. but you know actually <laughs> depending on what part of the world you live in there's like <laughs> lots and lots of this still um, Especially, I, I not to make fun of Germany, but oh my God, I thought the United States was bad of pa with paper, but <laughs> there's like stuff you cannot get on uh, like electronic form. Like all the yeah. insurance for my house, no way. They won't send me an email with, with my, uh, or they won't give me electronic statements. It's all like, yeah, we'll send it to you in the mail. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway. It costs so much money to send it to the mail. So like, okay, I'm just going to beef about something real quick. So there's this book that I've been intending to get, but um, I don't like it. They actually like it's not sold as a book; it's only in digital. And I'm like, that's great, that's fine. I have an iPad, I have a Kindle, like this is fine. But apparently, they won't sell it to you 
like they won't email it to you. They mail you a CD-ROM. What? It's a CD book. And I'm like, wow. what is a CD? I don't even have a CD player. Like a CD- CD-ROM does not exist in my house. <laughs> uh, like CD players don't exist. Like their CDs have no mm. place in my house. There's nowhere to put them. There's no way to like read them. There's no way to like, it's just, I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do with this thing? That's wild. And so I'm just like, I You have don't, to go to the I store and buy <laughs> a drive to read I mean, book. like, that's one option, which seems like a really expensive way of getting a book. Um, looking online, some people have gone to, like, uh, a local, like, office store. So, like, uh, Staples or Office Depot or, or gone to the library, right? And then taken oh, yeah. the con- like, used that. <clears throat> to put the CD in and then take the contents and put it on like a USB key, yeah. <laughs> <My> <laughs> which even still it's my insane. computer is USB C and a lot of anyway. So, so the whole, the whole purpose of a non um, hassle electronic book is completely diminished. Right. To squared. basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh my that's crazy. That's totally crazy. So, I th- this so is the just world to, we live in. yeah, just to get back to the fro- poison dart frogs, I, I had yeah. no idea about the the toxicity coming from like they don't generate cool? it themselves. That's amazing. Yeah, so cool. That is weird. I mean, you know, you're not like supposed to eat large amounts of tuna and stuff like that because they eat all the little smaller fish and accumulate mm. all the mercury and stuff. And so it, it just makes total sense. I just had no clue. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and apparently. Apparently the the really like it the the insects with the poisons are mostly ants. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, good luck right. with that, Khalil. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh boy, problems he Hoping has. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wishing you the best. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Go to it. Uh, <laughs> my my. So what's what's been going on and. In your lands. Oh, oh my goodness. I'm still really tired. My commute is too long. Uh-oh. But the idea of having to like fend for myself in San Francisco real estate terrifies me. So, so how long is your commute now? It's an hour. <gasps> oh, shoot. Which is just the worst. Especially since I have like 9 a.m. meetings. Oh, Everyone, wow. beware. If you go into management, your life will be full of meetings. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes! That's that sucks. Um, so, sorry. but it's it's fine. No, I'm yeah. I'm I'm figuring it out. It's mm-hmm. okay. It's okay. Um, this is driving or public transport. This is public transport. Oh, driving okay. would be, I think, actually kind of worse mm-hmm. because Bay Area traffic is not known for its seamlessness. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. So, okay. but anyway. Um, but the good news about having a really long commute is I've got time to uh, to read books and listen to podcasts. Um, and uh, I just so this is a, a a fun story. My dad. So I get an I get an email yesterday um, that was just like, "Hey, uh, I found this book. I thought it was really cute. I thought you might enjoy it too." Which, backstory, my dad doesn't read. He hates reading. Now, he's the type of person who can sit down with one of those 500-page books on, like, Fortran, and he will sit down and read it cover to cover. 
but he cannot read a book like a fun book for anything like it takes him like a novel or something like that oh yeah no forget it like he will watch movies all day long but reading a book i like it i have that same problem (laughs) (laughs) so so like so to get an email from him saying hey i read this book and i thought you might like it too i was like this is this is huge this is huge like what could this book possibly be to his credit it's a very short book (laughs) um but it is called who moved my cheese um and and this is like what's really funny about this to me is that i have been using the phrase like i've been talking about cheese movement for years and i knew it was something to do with like change and like people not enjoying change but i never really understood the origins of it until i read the book and the book it like it comes from this book this book is called who moved my cheese and it's a story it's just a little story about um the idea is so there are two mice and two like mini humans meaning like the humans have been scaled down to the size of the mice because apparently i guess it was easier for the author to think of tiny humans than it was to think of giant mice. I don't know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, so there, there are two mice um, called um, Sniff and Scurry. And then two humans called Hem and Haw. So you've read the story and, already. Yes. Oh, no. It's super, it's super short. Like, <laughs> I've, I've read the entire book. Oh, in wow. My one commute. Like, that's how short it is. And to be fair, I'm a little bit of a faster reader than some. Um, so... The fact that I read it in an hour means that I think anybody could read it in two hours okay. easily. Um, but the idea is, I'm going I'm to spoil it, but like you can read it if you really want to. Um, the idea is uh, Sniff, Scurry, Hem, and Haw all live in a maze. Like They have these houses, and then they go into the maze to find cheese. And every day... They go running around the maze trying to find the cheese. And, like, this maze is massive. It's absolutely huge. And there are um, rooms in various places. And in some of the rooms, there's cheese. And so um, the four of them are, like, running around. And they find this one room of cheese. And they're, it's, like, it's perfect, right? Because they're, like, there's cheese and there's so much cheese. They're really happy because they've been working really, really, really hard to find the cheese. They spend, like you know, days and days and days and weeks and weeks of their lives looking for this cheese and then they find it. And then, um, and then like, so they become really comfortable. Like it's like so much cheese that like every day they'll wake up, they go to the room with the cheese, they eat their fill and then they go home and they rinse and repeat every single day. And it's fantastic. And the, the two mice, so the thing about the mice versus the humans is that the mice sniff and scurry are just, they're just mice. They're not like less in like I guess you you could easily argue that humans are smarter than mice um, or they're more intelligent. But like mice have like two modes: like look for food, eat food, right? Like that's it. And so um, they're just like cool. Like we found food, let's eat the food. Um, but then the humans they have like emotions and they have like things that kind of get in their way in the way of their brains and things like that. And so. Um, one day the cheese disappears and sniff and scurry. They're like, okay, cheese gone. Time to go look for more cheese. <laughs> so sniff goes out and like starts sniffing around and scurries like, 
okay, I'm going to follow that. Like, I'm, I'm just going to like, just get started, just go and move and try to find the new cheese. Um, but then Hem and Haw are like, hey, wait a second. What happened to our cheese? This doesn't make any sense. Someone took our cheese. Who moved my cheese? And it's like, this isn't fair. I can't believe they moved my cheese out from under me. This isn't, this is, this is bad. And so Hem in particular is like so opposed to the fact that there is no cheese that like he will go every single day back to the same cheese room and be like, well, maybe the cheese will return because it's not fair. Like I didn't ask for the cheese to disappear. I, you know, no, 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 no. I, it's time for me to get this cheese. And, um, and like, and then Haw is a little bit more, he's like, oh snap, there's no cheese. What happened to the cheese? Why isn't there any cheese? But I'm really hungry. What should I do? And like, so at first kind of goes with him every day and is like, no, the the cheese isn't coming back. I don't, I don't think the cheese is coming back. And so one day Ha's like, you know what? I got to be like sniff and scurry and I got to go find some more cheese. And Hem is like, no, 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 no. I refuse. I'm going to keep sitting here until the cheese comes back because this is stupid. I can't believe the cheese is gone. And so Ha's like, all right, but like we could die if we don't find any cheese. So I'm going to go out and find some cheese. And um, and so like he goes out and it's scary because like they've gotten so comfortable to having the cheese in the same place every single day and they could depend on it and they could rely on it, but they still need cheese to survive. So they have to go off into the maze. So, so Ha has to like face his fears of like, well, what happens if he never finds cheese again? Right? Like that's the biggest fear is like, well, what happens if you lose the cheese and then you'll never get it back? Then what? And so he ends up having to like go scurry around the entire maze himself by himself. And it sucks because he's alone and he doesn't know what's out there and he knows what having cheese is like, but he doesn't have it anymore. And so he has to like develop this new tactic for finding cheese. And eventually he does find the cheese. He finds new cheese and it's like an amazing opportunity because there's even more cheese than ever before. Um, and, but like, he tries to go back to Hem and is like, Hey dude, I found more cheese. And Hem's like, it's probably not the cheese I like. So (laughs) I'm, I'm just, I can't. And so anyway, that's like the entire story. There's like more words and a little bit like, there's like these bold quotes of like, you know, important things like without cheese, you are nothing. Um, and <laughs> the, the search for cheese is greater than the cheese itself and all, all those other things. Um, but it's an, it's, it's an allegory, right? Like the idea is that cheese is something that is really important to you, whatever, like maybe it's your career, maybe it's your relationship, maybe it's whatever. And sometimes people move the cheese. Um, and that's when change happens, right? Like something changes outside of your control. And the question is, are you going to be like him and sit around and go, well, I hate change, <clears throat> nothing, like this all sucks. And I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to starve because nothing's the way I want it to be. Or are you going to be like him and go, okay, this does suck. I'm a little weird. I'm, I'm scared, but maybe I need to just kind of go out there. Or you're going to be like Sniff and Scurry who are like, oh, 
things have changed. Okay, cool. Let's go. Um, <laughs> you know, and like, and like in the story, it talks about how like Hem and Haw probably should have seen that the cheese was running out. The cheese never actually got moved. They just ate it all. <laughs> and like, it was even getting moldy and old. And there were, there was an opportunity for them to have left a lot sooner, but they, they didn't. Um, and, and so like, it's, it's really helpful, especially in an organizational standpoint or even just a personal career standpoint to kind of be like, okay, my cheese has moved. Like maybe there's a reorg at the company or maybe you're like the company that you're at, your job has gone stale and it's happy to make a change or, um, you know, just random things that kind of pop in and you're like really scared about what that means for the future, but change is inevitable and then, and knowing how to kind of frame it in your own perspective is like really important to kind of like go with the flow of the changing of the times. Um, so it's a really cute story and it is really important, I think, for a lot of people to kind of like know what that's all about. Um, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Nice. I like it. How topical too, because some of my cheese has been moved this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. No, that's, that's actually really, really, um, it's really useful to just step back and, you know, evaluate how important that cheese was or is. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Well, the thing that I, I'm, I'm sort of referring to, I actually posted in the, in our Slack channel, basically trying to solicit some, uh, some feedback from the listeners as to what type of, um, you know, um, Apple or, yeah, Apple MacBook Pro, basically, um, management systems, their uh, IT departments have in place. Because what happened to me is essentially we've never had um, antivirus or any kind of uh, system management. It was Our group was too small. We just, we basically had our laptops. We got some sort of starting point, you know, certain things installed, and then it was up to us to maintain them. And now we're getting antivirus for, you know, compliance reasons and stuff like that. And and the, and the interesting thing, and this is, I kind of stepped back and noticed this for myself, is like, okay, the people that got a laptop issued that had this on there already had no complaints because they knew nothing else and it was normal, right? But for me, it's like I'm used to, I'm, I'm sort of a, a bit of a nerd when it comes to like efficiency about, you know, navigating between applications and things starting up quickly. And, you know, I like Vim, blah, blah, blah. And I navigate my, my browser with, with Vimium and stuff like that just because I'm annoyed with, like, stupid, unnecessary slowdowns. So to me, like, the antivirus on the Mac is, like, a punch in the face because now everything is really, really slow. Like, my IDE takes two and a half minutes to, to start up. And I'm like, no! <laughs> so, so it's like... Um, it's it's uh, sort of an adjustment, I guess. But it was interesting to think about it in the in the terms of yeah, um, you know, the new guy got it basically out of the gates with that, and oh, it's okay, it's, it works, it's that's how it is. But for me, it's like it was a it was a change where my cheese yeah. moved, and um, it's I'm annoyed by it. So yeah, interesting. It yeah. always helps to, to to put things into perspective, I guess, and figure yeah. out which which battles to fight. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, and, and coming back to my specific example, it's it's because of compliance and it makes total sense that something like that needs to happen. Um, yeah. It's just uh it's a nuisance sometimes when it makes your makes stuff harder basically, but 
Absolutely. Oh, well. No, I completely, I completely understand. Yeah. That sucks. I don't, I don't have answers because I'm just starting to get into this. Like I had a brand new laptop with all the stuff on it. Mm-hmm. So I don't actually know. Yeah. The difference. Yeah, yeah. I was actually complaining before the show that it was like, I don't know how to use this thing. Well, no, that's not true. It, it feels weird that my work laptop is not my personal laptop mm-hmm. um, because it doesn't have all the things that I would normally have on my personal laptop on there. Right. Uh, but I did mention um, several episodes ago that I bought an iPad Pro. And I'm happy to say that I am able to do every single thing that I was able to do on my personal laptop on my, on my iPad nice. um, for personal reasons, yeah. not all the work stuff, but for all the personal stuff, like even I found a way to like update my blog, which as I've talked about in previous episodes is actually, it's a hundred percent like in code. It's all static pages, static rendering using, um, uh, not Budo something some node tool. Um, (laughs) um, but, um, but yeah. And like, and so I actually found like a code editor that like will pull down my Git repo from GitLab and that on my, on my iPad, I can like edit files or I can like add new files or I can add new posts. And like there are scripts in GitLab that will automatically like, so it's not perfect, but it is pretty darn close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I haven't written a blog post in over a year. But (laughs) if I were to write a blog post, I know that I can. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't didn't realize that. Because I I figured these types of tools would be very hard to use on a a tablet only. Right. Or at least inefficient, yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I've talked about uh, JSON API quite a bit, and uh, I just sort mm-hmm. of, saw, since we're talking about you know stepping back and, and evaluating things and mm-hmm. figuring out what what battles to fight. So I um I, I was early on on a, on a, this project that I hadn't talked about here already anyway. I think we were building basically a new cart and uh, <clears throat> checkout system. Um, uh, for our entire organization, and uh, we're doing that with Lambda and Node, etc., and JSON mm-hmm. API. So um, early on, I was involved in in getting the the whole endpoint specifications, you know, just sort of compliant, or at least according to the guidelines, because there aren't really strict rules around how to, you know, I don't think at least um, that it, you know, JSON API requires singular versus plural, or the other way around. Um, but normally, like in the documentation, if you're getting, I don't know, this is the same example everywhere, but if you're, if you're getting blog posts, right, or even if you just mm-hmm. want to get one blog post by its inter, by its ID, you do posts, mm-hmm. not post, slash, and then the ID, right? And then I guess the idea behind that is, is that you can, <clears throat> you can essentially have sort of a single, um, single endpoint that can either get, a, a specific post by its ID, or you can then do a query and get multiples, or if you add nothing, then you basically get um, all of them, if that makes sense, or at least all of them in the sense that it will get whatever um, it can based on the default pagination that you've sort of 
is, is implied or in, you know, in the, in the mm. end point. So then basically it's all the same. It's always posts regardless. So even then the only weird one is that basically you, you say posts slash ID, but you're only getting one, which is, that's okay. That's a bit odd, but the other ones, you know, work and you just do that uniformly across everything. And then there's like no bike shedding and no arguing over it. That's just the real end of story. So mm-hmm. uh, midway through the project, I, I didn't have, I was sort of pulled off on other stuff and <clears throat> other people took over uh, that particular part. And there was some refactoring that happened and things were changed back or some things were changed back to singular because, you know, in English that makes way more sense. It's just weird that if an endpoint to fetch an item and if we only use an endpoint to fetch an individual item and there's never a case where we fetch multiples <clears throat> because it's just the nature of the application then why mm-hmm. do that that's just weird right and i totally right. agree with that but it's like now it's a mess in in my mind because it's like okay now you got a mix of all of this stuff and there's no consistency and like why <laughs> you know mm-hmm. so now we're like shortly or you know we're, we're trying to launch probably well any day now and so now do we go back and change that all just out of principle or do you let it go and now have sort of a hodgepodge because it's sort of this inner conflict for me right it's like we had this opportunity to make a beautiful clean api and now it's not (laughs) and if we launch it it's never going to get changed because it's too hard and it makes no sense from a business point of view it makes no sense yeah you get no no, benefit from that right but then you yeah. live with this, but does it really matter? I, you know, but that's what like standards are supposed to be for, right? So you don't have to think about this stuff. So it's like, right? what do you do in a situation like this? Does it, you know, what wins, right? We could still change it, but it's going to be effort that is probably mm-hmm. distracting us from launching, which sucks. So, yeah. hmm. It's these oh, weird, the trade-offs. Yeah, these weird situations where, like, what do you decide to do? Yeah. Uh, like, what is responsible and what is, like, stupid or not <laughs> not smart, or, you know? Well, that's it's interesting like, because, like, I, one of the biggest kind of struggles that I've seen um, here and, uh, like, at my current company and at, and at previous companies is just how do you define the balance between like working on the stuff that's the sustaining work that will like clean up code bases and all of that versus the new product features, you know? And like, like, I feel like that's just like the, one of the hardest problems right now in Uh terms of just like, how do you prioritize that work? Like, because there's some refactoring that should probably be done. But then there's also like, like refactoring is important so you can build on top of it. But shipping new features is important for the company as a whole. Mm-hmm. And like um, at NPM, uh, CTO CJ Silverio, she said something that I thought was really smart, like really awesome, which was as soon as code goes into production, it becomes legacy code. Yeah, like just immediately as soon Mm -hmm. as you press publish like that's it (laughs) and like and so you're constantly working with legacy code i i think it's so funny when like startup people are like i don't have to work on legacy code it's like actually you do (laughs) if anything you are the one who decides what legacy code is yeah um 
That's but you so can't true. just sit there making it perfect because it'll take too long. And at that point, the, the company will completely sink. Mm-hmm. So the balance is hard. Yeah, it is. Because it's like, yeah, and it's sort of an additional thing. It's sort of like not even a public API. So, mm. eh, you know, but it's like, mm. Mm. <laughs> there's a lot of these things. It's exactly like you said for the, the refactoring. I mean, we had, um, you know, there there was just this week was an incident where, um, a system was basically shut down because a, basically a, a property was accessed without checking first whether it is the thing that you expect it to be. And therefore, we had um, a, yeah, a sad thing happen. And <laughs> so we identified that. We fixed that immediately, obviously, as soon as we figured out what it was. And now there's probably other cases where this is like this. And... Mm-hmm but it's been running for a year and this is the first time we've encountered this. So absolutely necessary to go and, you know, do some reviews and potentially refactoring because I mean, that's, that's like a safety thing to me that, that takes like higher priority. But again, the balance, right? We have to ship other stuff. So it Mm -hmm. becomes like a back burner issue. But to me, like that scares me. Right. And it's like, okay, I, I need to schedule this, but I can't right now. And it's always like that, right? Because there's mm-hmm. always like no time. So it's the same sort of or similar, similar sort of problem. It's like, when do you yeah. make it important enough? Because yeah, when it happens, we can fix it. But, you know, it happens at the, at the most inconvenient times. And that's exactly what happened this time. It's basically the pager duty thing went through all three levels and nobody was available. <laughs> Because oh, you know, no. one person was sick, then I had kids to deal with, and another person had business engagement. So it's like, wow, this sucked, right? Oh, no. So it's like, yeah, it is kind of important. So anyway, again, oh, sort of those things, like how do you not let it fall through the cracks, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Difficult stuff. So Priorities. hard. Mm-hmm. So hard. Then again, uh, of course, we should we should do more automated testing. So, yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah, we have, like I said, I have some some reinforcements now, and uh, things are moving in that direction, which is nice. So, that's nice. <clears throat> yeah. Cool. Other than that, I don't know what's what's happening with you. Other than the um, cheese book, I love that book. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll put a I'll put a link in the show notes yeah. for sure. Um, <laughs> um trying to think what else is going on. Um mm, there was a bust of a um there was a, a theft ring <laughs> where two thousand stolen laptops were recovered. Really? Yeah, apparently there was like a a group of people who went all over the Bay Area stealing laptops from cars um, and put them um, like the according to the police report, the intent was to ship them off to Asia um, and, you know, sell them like in Asia as like, hey, you want a laptop? We have a laptop. But um but like, I feel like if it's coming from the Bay Area, it would just be covered in stickers. Like, like, how are they gonna? Like, are they gonna sit there and carefully remove all of the stickers, or are they just gonna be like, "Yes, 
This has been stickerified just for you. You can pr- you can pick your personal laptop. Well, I would think of- <laughs> that the laptops from the Bay Area's content would actually probably be more desirable than yeah. The laptop although itself. I would imagine that most um, are encrypted. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, we we still they they do all that for cars. I guess now it's it's time for laptops to do that. Mm. Hmm. So I don't mm. know if you can talk about this, but I read a blog post um, from Slack Engineering that talked okay. about um, Slack actually having quite a bit of PHP code, and I think this yes. was this was maybe two years ago. So I don't know mm-hmm. if it's still accurate. I was just I was really surprised. And yeah. intrigued, so I was curious to, <laughs> if you can talk about oh, yeah. that and where no, where totally. that is and what what um, what does the PHP code do? Because that like to me like a startup that's you know th- that seems like unusual, right? Like it is the hip, the hip thing yet, to do is like yeah, Node and all these other languages, but oh, PHP. Okay, really? so let <laughs> me tell you a thing. I mean, so I'm happy. Most, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Okay, so um, most of the two major languages used at Slack are PHP and Java. Mm-hmm. Um, there is there is some Node, there is some GoLang, there is some uh, obviously Objective C and Swift for iOS. Um, but most of the code. Oh, and there's also um, JavaScript and React on the front end. Yeah. So one of the more recent changes was from javascript uh like just vanilla javascript for all of the front end stuff to react Mm -hmm. that was that i think has been a fairly recent change um but most of the code is in php and um it's uh they use hacklang um which is um it's basically php with types Mm -hmm. so um yeah that's like pretty much all of the business logic is in PHP. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yep. It's a massive monolithic code base. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's even well, more interesting. <laughs> I know. I know. And see, like, so a perfect example of, um, like, what do you do with, like, how do you decide what to, like, when to modernize stuff and when to not, like, mm-hmm. there was a really big push to, push to move everything over into Hacklang recently and it's it's an ongoing process because you're not going to get the entirety of the code base that's been built up over four years switched over to um to types overnight like that's mm-hmm. that's a slow process but it is happening um <clears throat> but yeah php is huge here um <laughs> which is an interesting move for me because i'm like coming from super javascripty node world and I'm like, oh, okay, PHP is cool. That's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's mostly PHP. Wow. So yeah. so when you say business logic, that's I guess all like backend processes and things like yes. that is all PHP. Wow. Yes. <clears throat> and Hacklang, I've heard of that before. <clears throat> I haven't actually looked into it. So I'm yep. assuming that's sort of. I mean, hip hop is also like you know, Facebook's thing, um, which obviously is completely different, but, um, you know, PHP itself moves forward at a certain, uh, pace with, with new stuff. And then I, I, I would mm-hmm. assume that it takes that, you know, hack and 
hip hop probably lag behind or are in, you know because they have to implement this stuff or maybe decide not to I don't know do you have any idea what what version like equivalency that would be like not, to the, not, no I have no idea okay. <laughs> just curious yeah. okay I I know I know the words PHP and hacklang um <laughs> All right. and I have opinions about the code base, but I will not express them here. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't want you to get you in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes. Do you know the? Do you know any of the reasons behind Hacklang versus PHP? I mean, other than types and the. Um, I think I think the big one is is types. Um, mm-hmm. The the chief architect um, at Slack is Keith Adams, who is one of the core maintainers of hacklang um ah. and he and, and uh he was pulled from facebook so facebook i think invented hack okay. um and so facebook is another startup that has a ton of php oh, in its yeah. code base. yeah um and surprisingly lots of other companies do too i don't know how much i'm allowed to say about other companies so i won't um <laughs> but there are more than a few i actually i was like no way no one would ever use PHP anymore. Nope. <laughs> yeah, hundreds you'd of be surprised. Of, or no, not hundreds of thousands, but like thousands of devs in, in, in the Bay Area are still on PHP. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's really interesting. And um, you can do a lot with, with PHP. Oh, I'm, yes, you can. I've, I'm, I'm seeing like, um, although... Have you heard of Thrift as no. compared to like JSON? So Thrift is a is like I, I I'm calling it like I uh, the way I've phrased it in my head, which is probably really inaccurate, is like JSON, but not. It's like it's hmm. like in my head, it's like JSON for PHP, but it, that's not it at all. Okay. But Thrift is another kind of object notation, um, so that you can like it's like smaller than json apparently um or like it it is framed in a more con- like a more condensed way than json but still has the full fidelity of it i don't hmm. i'm 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 talking beyond a bunch my of new things i need to look into after today <laughs> yeah so there's this thing called thrift and, uh-huh. and i was like oh is that json and they're like it's like json but huh. it's not JSON. okay does so it have like, types or no I think it maybe. Okay. I'll I'll look into it and we can chat chat about it next yeah. time. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> um yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, PHP, you know, has a sort of a yeah, it's it's oldish and old PHP code is really bad and you know, people when they think of that, they think of like you know, the the WordPress monster um of olden Mm. days and it is really like it's it's just it's painful to work in and it's sad Mm -hmm. and and of course yeah it doesn't have i mean it it does actually now but not natively the whole um asynchronous stuff and um you know the javascript is definitely a lot more um a lot more fun to write for that kind of stuff um Mm. so but you know it it like you said it can do pretty much everything. And I mean, we're doing, you know, concurrency stuff. We're doing um, all sorts of things that you wouldn't necessarily think that makes sense, but they kind of do because all of our stuff is on the web and it's quick to develop. And, 
it works, you know. It's sort of like mm -hmm. you can glue so many things together with it. It's amazing. I mean, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, it has this stigma, I guess. Oh, well. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Oh. I, I, I need to read some more about that. The hack. <laughs> <laughs> so much. So much going on there. Yeah. So I guess you're not you're not at all sort of involved with with that part of things anymore, right? Or in in this position, are you? I mean, so I as an engineering manager, mm -hmm. my engineers are in that in in yeah. all those code bases pretty regularly. So I I know enough about like the architectural sides of things, mm -hmm. but any code, right? I I got to put in a pull request to add a silly picture onto an internal web page, <laughs> like just so I could know what that process was like. Yeah. Um, but I, mm -mm. no, okay. I, I yeah. I'm in meetings too. Often. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that makes perfect sense. Right. I mean, if you were writing code, you, yeah, other things wouldn't get done. Yeah. I, I know very, very, um, I painfully, I'm painfully aware of that. So, I'm actually trying to get away from that too, and I, I have not written any code for a while in in my job, so that's good. It's a good thing. Um, I do now. Yeah. I do now fiddle around with stuff on on the sides, which is fun. So, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. All right. Fun stuff. <laughs> I, I I saw that article. And I'm like, what? That's impossible. They're so young. There's no way they started with PHP. <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah. Well, also remember that, like, the founders are, yeah. as I described, they're from Flickr. Mm -hmm. um, or they created Flickr. Right. And then they created... Now, now the next big question for me is, why did they build the video game in PHP? <laughs> right? Like, Because yeah. like, in my head, it's like, okay, I can understand why you would use PHP to create Flickr. Mm -hmm. Like, at the time given like the, the time it was created and all that, like that makes sense. Right. But then video game in PHP, that is not, that is not like where my brain goes. Like yeah, when I'm thinking, I, I want to build a video game. Like PHP is not where I would go with that. But when, when was um, Flickr though? And if it was a web thing, I don't know. It was like, this is like yeah. 10 years ago, isn't it? Or more. Let's see. Flickr. Um, was created in 2004. Oh wow! And then it was acquired by ago. Yahoo in 2005. Dang, that huh. went quick. Yeah. And who who has it now, or is it still alive? Um. So it's still it's yeah it's still it's now owned by Oath, right? Because Yahoo changed their name or something to Oath. Oh. Um. Which okay. I keep, every time I see it, I'm like, they spelled OAuth wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thought I had, too. It sounds a lot like, like that. And so I'm like, OAuth? That doesn't make any sense. That's not a word. And then, <sighs> Oath, of all the names. Interesting. Anyway, yeah. I'm very, very confused by that. Um. Oh, well, but, that's all I, I got for this week, I think. Um, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, we have a new person in our Slack channel 
um, which is very exciting. So hello to Kev. Hello, welcome. Um, and yeah, good good conversations happening here. There's a great picture of <laughs> of a man, a Floridian man, surrounded by flamingos um, and other good things. So come on in, hang out, chat with us. Um, let us know you, who you are, what you're working on, what kind of what kind of problems are you see, seeing in your like projects and and stuff like that, and we can chat with you about it or. Um, we just like to create this little community of, of people who like to talk about things in like a chill way. Absolutely. Um, if that, if that isn't clear. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> from our regular podcast. Yep. Um, we're not that organized and it's great. <laughs> um, so yeah, so come hang out with us. You can get access to our Slack channel super, super easily. If you just go to our, um, our show notes, which you can find at reactive.audio. Right, and um, we notice in our, our um, analytics that we have a surprisingly large download rate from Japan. So if you're in Japan, you're listening to this podcast, we want to hear from you and wonder why it's, for the size of the country, disproportionately popular <laughs> over there. So that would be super interesting. <laughs> so come to come into the Slack channel and chat with us, please. Um, yes. All right. Yes. yes, and if you do like the show, please uh, let uh, let your friends know about it. Give us a uh, rating or review on iTunes. And uh, I am H Gladdergots on Twitter. Khalil is Khalil tweets on Twitter. And where can they get a hold of us? Otherwise, Raquel, uh, you can reach us all at Reactive Pod on Twitter, and you can reach me at Rockbot. So um, say hey, and we can all we can all hang. All right. Or cool all right till next week watch out for those those frogs yes all right talk to you later okay bye everyone bye